0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned, we got a great show for you today.
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm glad you're with us today. Hallelujah. This is Grace for This City podcast, and I am Bob, and I am sitting in for Pastor Justin this week, and it is an honor to be here. Hallelujah. I hope everyone is doing well. And I hope you can stay tuned for the rest of the podcast today and what we have for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, I'm I'm going to, last week when I did the podcast, I am going to link this to that podcast. And I have titled this Plan, Prep, Assist, and Produce. And that's what we want to look at. And last week on the podcast, I had shared about wasting time how uh, whereby much of the body of Christ spends too much time individually and corporately changing things continually. We do it at the beginning of the year. We have our new year's resolutions. We do different things throughout the year. And we say, well, we're gonna change this. We're gonna do this. And there's nothing wrong with making Resolutions. I mean, if if you need to get in and lose some weight, then make that resolution. Stick to it and lose that weight for throughout the year. But then the whole thing is is not just to lose the weight; it's to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Okay, Um, if you're going to quit smoking or drinking or whatever it is, go ahead and do those things. But I'm talking about in our Christian walk, God has set a plan in motion. He did that, I talked about this last week. He had set a plan in motion before the world was formed. He has a plan for his kingdom and we are to be a part of that plan, not come in and make our little plans to change what his plan is. We need to seek the Lord to find out what's going on. We need to stop restarting, redesigning replacing and realigning with the original plan and format god originally instituted get god's kingdom plan that he's never changed he's never changed since its conception we got to get a hold of that plan and not have the idea that we think we can tweak this and do it a little bit better i mean Really, do we really think that we can do it better, design something better than what the creator of the universe has done? Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your ways. He has a plan. He's thought this out. And in fact, he probably didn't even have to think it out. He just designed it. What makes us think that we can create and fulfill a better plan than him? Isaiah 46, 10 through 11. It says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. I'm going to stop right there. How many of you can tell the future. You may claim to be a prophet of God, but you can't tell the future. If you are a prophet of God, you get your prophecies from the Holy Spirit, and it is God that is telling you the future. And Isaiah goes on, everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land to come and do my bidding. I have said what I would do and I will do it. So if he has a plan and he says, I will do it, you know what? We need to stick with his plan. I want to ask a question. Where is our faith in him? When we start dilly-dallying and, and doing little different things and tweaking this and tweaking that and we're saying, well, we believe it needs to be done this way. We'll, we'll allow this to be said or we'll allow this to be done in our churches and in our homes and in our businesses and in our society. We will allow for that, but he, he never planned it that way. Where is our faith in him? Paul wrote in his letter to the church in, first, in uh, Philippians 1.5, he wrote, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse seven, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Right now, that's the way I feel for everyone that I'm speaking to right now. I feel you in my heart. I want you to be able to complete what God has started in you. And that means we have to be faithful to his plan. The answer for this dilemma is to follow Jesus' example. You know, if you say, well, I don't know what the plan, I'm not sure how I should institute this. You know what, go into the word of God Go into this, grab my Bible here, go into the word of God here and look at Jesus. Look at and see what he did. That, that's whatever he did we should be doing, including laying aside our lives, even up taking up a cross. He told us that we had to take up a cross. How many of us are taking up that cross? You know, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm including myself in this. We need to take up our cross. We need to set aside our desires, our wants, and follow him. We must stay in the flow. Stay in the flow of his plan. And to stay in that flow, we must prepare. What's the value of preparation you know we need to look at how to prepare what to do how to say things how to do things i mean what do we do personally what do we do corporately to prepare well i got several points here we're going to look at first of all you're going to prepare for something you need to make sure that you're on the right course are you on the right course Am I I got to ask myself, am I on the right course? And, you know, when we ask that, we can't just be sitting in a room looking in a mirror at ourselves and talking to ourselves. We need to be talking to God about that. Why do you think Jesus departed from the apostles so many times and went up on a hill and spent time with the Father? Because he wanted to make sure he was on the right course. Course, that he was going in the direction he said he never did anything without being first told to do it by his father the other thing that we need to look at as we prep as we prepare as we try to get in line with his plan is we've got to realize that there are no small callings God has a call on your life. God has a call on my life. God has a call on individuals. He has a call on corporate bodies, churches, families. He has a call on you. And there is no small calling. You know, and and a lot of times what we do is we we look at a church, okay, so here we're looking at Grace City Church, and we have different little departments within our church. And people that work in and run those departments, they are not up on the stage preaching a message for everyone to see and everyone to hear. But their part is just as important and is just as big as whoever's got the pulpit in his preaching. Let's look at ushering. You know, if someone wasn't at the front door to assist people, no one may be in the church for the pastor to preach to. One of the things I remember, and I'm still a part of the ushering staff here, here at the church, And I always will be. It's it's in my heart to be in service like that. But one of the things that an usher gets to do, they may be the first contact that anyone will have with Jesus Christ in that body. They will influence that person just within, within minutes of meeting them. And you know what? They have the same capabilities as whoever is on the pulpit to share the word, to lay hands on, to see them healed, to bring them comfort. What about child care? Someone working in the nursery? You think that's a lowly job? Well, I'll tell you what, try and preach from the pulpit and have, be surrounded by babies that are crying and, and all the activity that's going on of diaper changing and trying to, to satisfy those kids, you know, it get, can get a little hectic. And you, and you may not be able to get your message out, but that person down there in that childcare room, in the nursery, they are taking up that slack and they are ministering to the next generation and the generation after that, possibly. What about the, the person that's not even involved on Sunday morning? The person that is sitting next to you in that pew, and they may you may not see it, but they're there on Saturday night. They've, they've vacuumed the church. They've swept the hallways. They've cleaned the toilets. And you may be thinking, well, that's not that big a job. Oh, really? Do you want to go sit on a dirty toilet seat? Nobody else does. Their job is just as important. There's there's I'm going to throw out a name some of you may know are familiar with him. But how important was Mordecai Ham? How important was Mordecai's Ham's calling on his life? Now, if you're not familiar with that, let me toss out another name, Billy Graham. Mordecai Ham is the minister that led Billy Graham to the Lord. Billy Graham, the Lord's calling on him, he held vast meetings and hundreds, if not thousands of people came to know Jesus Christ through that ministry. And that all started with a name that you're not even familiar with, Mordecai Ham. So there are no small callings in our preparation. Whatever you are doing, you know what? You can continue to do that even if you get into the pulpit. Another point that I want to bring out And our preparation time is, if you miss your prep, you are gonna miss your path. God has a certain path for you. That calling that he has on you, the calling will merge with other callings. We don't just stay in the nursery. We learn, we develop, we can still work in a nursery, but we can also get behind the pulpit and preach. Or we can go to other nations and share the word of God with those people, but we, we collect, all of these little callings. And if you miss your prep, you're going to miss your path. If you have decided that I don't need to do that, I don't need to to go down there and cut the grass or, or get a trimmer and trim around the, the bushes and, and different things. I don't need to go in and make sure that the um, all the outlets in the church are working. That's somebody else's job, but you may be missing a prep time for your ministry. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. This is from the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Thank God that God took that, that, that calling of his, of love, and, and his workmanship, and he has applied it and done the best that could be done for you for me all of us for we are god's own handiwork his workmanship created in christ jesus born anew that we may do those good works which god predestined okay that's that's he's not saying that this is all it's going to be and nothing more predestined means pre-planned you know before i go on a trip, I pre-plan, I plan on where I'm gonna go, how I'm gonna go, where I'm gonna guess, where I'm gonna spend the night, I pre-plan. But God predestined for us taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he pre-arranged and made ready for us to live. If we want to follow God's plan, we better get here in Ephesians chapter two and look at the plan and do what he did. Another point, God can only take us as far as we're prepared to go. So if you haven't been in the prep, if you haven't been in the prep that you're supposed to be doing, you can only go so far. You know, there was, there in the Old Testament, when we look at the book of Joshua and, and before that, um, there were two tribes, two tribes that did not want to go into the promised land. Now, it's, you know, the first time I read that, I thought, that's crazy. That's the promised land over there. No, they were claiming the promises on the other side of the Jordan River on the side that they were on. Here they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They get up there to the Jordan River. This is the crossing point where we're going to go over and we get to receive, but we want to stay here because we can prosper here. We can take the things of God and we can apply them to our lives and we can prosper here. So there were some that only wanted to go so far, but you know what? They got to stay there but they still had a crossover. They had to help their brothers and sisters. We need to be prepared to go wherever God calls us. Even though we want to stay on the other side of the river, we need to be prepared to go over the river, to go over, to help accomplish God's plan. Here's another point for preparation. Self-taught people, are impossible to promote now there's nothing wrong with teaching yourself to getting into the word to to studying to preparing to and and to accomplishing things on your own that's good but that is just a step in the process we need to allow other people to speak into our lives why do you think the gospel several times Tells us to be humble, to have a spirit of timidity, which is a teachable spirit. We need to be teachable. We need to be bendable. Here's another point. Learn to protect the plan of God. We get out there on our own. We start making our own plans and doing things our own way. And we forget about protecting the plan of God. What he's put in his word here, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, it's important. We need to protect this. God doesn't need our protecting. Trust me. He can take care of himself, and he does, and he takes care of his body. But we need to protect this. We need to covet this. We need to treasure his word. Here's another point. Covenant-minded people are looking to protect the covenant. Well, that just goes in with protecting the plan of God. There's a covenant. You know, when a covenant was made, it was an agreement that came between two different people or groups or societies, and I would pledge myself to you saying, I will use all my resources and everything that I have to make sure that you are protected, that you are provided for. And in that covenant, you did the same thing. You said that you were gonna make sure that I was protected, that I had was provided for, and that we would work together, two different groups, two different societies, but we're in covenant. And so we want to be covenant-minded in everything that we do, that we're working with God and we know that he is going to do and accomplish everything that he started. He's going to uphold his end of the covenant. We have to uphold our end of the covenant. Another point of staying prepared, the value of preparation, is God should have to tear us away from where he has put us. (laughs) And and I know that might sound strange, but he's put us in a place. He's he's given you a, a particular job to do at a particular time. And we apply ourselves to that position and to that job and do everything that we can to do it properly, right, and, and, and just to the best of our abilities. And we get so hung up on it when he says, you know what, I'm going to promote you. I want to promote you. I move you from faith to faith. And, and he wants to he he wants to take that change so he's going to have to step you out of there I remember years ago here at at grace I was um they were in a they were pretty handicapped at one time and they had no one to run the sound system and whatnot and I said well teach me and so they instructed me they taught me and, and of course it's nothing like what we have in today's churches and society everything technology wise has has developed and grown so much so we had this small little eight channel board and stuff and and i did this i would get there early i would set things up i work with the musicians and the singers and everything we'd broadcast and or or record the the service and i took care of all that but then one day the pastor come up to me and he says bob we need to move so-and-so into this position. And I said, okay, well, that was, that was what I replied, but I went home and I was crushed. I'm going, Lord, that was mine, that was mine. And I had to deal with that within myself. I realized that that was not mine. It was God's and he was applying somebody else, putting someone else that was better qualified. And I can tell you what, the musicians were probably quite happy because I don't have an ear for that. Everything sounded good to me, you guys sound great. And they, they really didn't sound as good as they could. But I spent my season there and God had to pull me away from where I was. And you know what, another door opened up and he says, okay, I want you to learn this. And so I stepped into that door. I did that. But you know what? Because of faithfulness of him who made sure that I learned these things, I was able to step back into that soundboard later on when things need, would, were needed. I could do that. I could still do that today. Is it going to be as good as the person that's running the soundboard now? No. And God knows that but we need to be prepared to fill in all these positions. A final point that I got here for the value of preparing is your love for the Lord is not a substitute for preparation. You know, sometimes we get into that position where where we spend time with the Lord, we love him, we love serving him, we love doing this, and we don't prepare for what's coming. I mean, if the pastor came up to you and invited you and said, hey, I'm going to be out of town on Sunday, and I need you, Sally, to run the service and preach a message. Well, I can guarantee you, Sally, that your love for the Lord is not going to get that message out on that Sunday you're gonna have to prep, you're gonna have to get in, you're gonna have to put your ear to the ground, so to speak, and listen to the Holy Spirit, find out what message that's in the flow, that's in the plan of God, needs to be ministered to on that Sunday, and then you're gonna have to open up your Bible, you're gonna have to read scriptures, you're gonna have to take notes, and hopefully you can be one of those people that, that can have notes in front of them and not have to sit there and read them. I, I just, I envy that in pastors and teachers and stuff that I see, I envy that. I'm not jealous of it, but I, I, that's something I wanna strive for. I know Pastor Christina here at the church has done the same thing. She says she wants to get to that point. It's, 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 it's part of our prep. Now, I said that the title on this was Plan, Prep, Assist, and Produce. So now we're going to look at the assistance part. Assisting in the plan of God. To assist in the kingdom plan and the flow of God, it takes humility and obedience. Now let's, if you if you have your Bible handy there, go ahead and open up to the book of Joshua. Now Joshua is the the Man, that God placed to take Moses' place. He he was situated in there. He had been trained up. He had been doing what we were saying. He was a part of the plan. He did the prep work. He did the assisting. So Joshua, now we're going to look at that. We'll go to Joshua 1:10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, "Pass through the camp." and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan and go to possess the land which the Lord is giving you to possess. Now here they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They had sent spies over across the Jordan to search out the land. The spies came back. They ended up wandering for 40 years. They've come back now they're ready to cross over god's plan to send them there for that land it was coming to fruition right now now the word prepare it means to set up be established be fixed to be stable be secure be enduring to be settled when we prepare, we're settled in our heart. We're settled in our mind of what we want to accomplish for God to be a part of that plan. That's why he said, prepare your provisions. Just think if they went in there and they thought, well, I, I, I left the flower back on the other side of the river. Well, you know what? Your family is going to get hungry. We need to be prepared. And we need to assist one another to accomplish the plans of God. Now Joshua 3.3, let's go on and read from there. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out, set out from your place and go after it. Now I want to stress that. Go after it where you are in the flow of God, in the plan of God right now, and you have been preparing for it, and you see what God is planning on doing, you see where he's going, you go after it. We cannot settle for anything less than to go after it. We need to stay with the flow of God. Now let's jump down to Joshua chapter three, verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Now let's stop right there. Now the people of God have been wandering for 40 years. They found an encampment near the Jordan River, which, you know, in a desert area, rivers are important but this was a harvest time of year. So it's the time of year that the Jordan flooded. So let's say that the Jordan River would only normally be maybe 100 yards wide. Here, it may be a mile wide. I mean, there's, there's parts of the river that have overflowed the banks, it's flooding the land. And I mean, this is good for the land. It may, it's good for crops later on, but right now you don't have any crops there. They're standing on the outside, the outskirts of this flooded landscape, waiting to go over. So they watch the ark. They watch the priest. They watch him go into the river. And what happens? The river stops flowing. The river backs up. Let's go on and finish reading. It's overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priest were carrying the ark, touch the water At the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance, change pages here, to a town called Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. So get a picture of that, here you've got The river flowing in its channel you've got the river that has overflowed its banks and is outside all this all of a sudden it stops flowing from the town of autumn and so it's like shutting off the faucet the water drains on down goes on down to the dead sea and that land dries up and i want to say it dried up instantly you know give it give it take of you know an hour maybe but that river flowed on down the priest had stepped into the river and that river quit coming and it dried up and all these people were supposed to do what were they i mean what were they supposed to do they were supposed to go after the ark of god now i want to ask you a question why be obedient why is obedience a part of assisting. Because if you're not obedient, if they weren't obedient and the ark got there, the priests are in the river, everything dries out, hundreds of thousands, millions possibly of people are flowing across, following where God wants them to go. But you didn't feel like it. You just kind of... Laid back and I well, I'll catch up with them. You know what? They got to the other side, and you still got to get through all that flooded land. And it might be getting a little mucky now because the water has started to flow from autumn. You're going to have to rush to get through that riverbed before that flood comes back down. Have you ever watched a flash flood? How they, they just move every bit of Junk in a riverbed in front of them. They basically clean out a riverbed. You don't want to get stuck in that. You don't want to get stuck in that natural channel of the river. You know what that represents? That represents the world. That's the direction the world was going. But God wanted them to do something different. He wanted them to cross over and take this land and not go with the flow of the river. Not glow, go with the flow of of the world. Stragglers get swept away in the river, which is not of God, or they get stuck in the mud. You could hesitate and get stuck in the mud on this side of the river, or you could even get stuck in the mud on the other side of the river. You drag your feet, you're gonna get stuck in the mud, whether the wrong side of the river or the right side of the river. We need to continue to follow God. Get away from the river in this case. Humility is your protection against deception. I'm going to repeat that again. I'm quoting this from Pastor Christina. Humility is your protection against deception. Don't allow the thoughts that come the plans that you have, the things that you think are better to deceive you. Humble yourself. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to those that are over you and follow them. Follow that covenant. In Joshua 4.8, it goes on and it says, as soon as the priest carrying the ark, God's, of the Lord's covenant came up and out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground. The water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. The river didn't return as a river within its banks, it overflowed. You have to keep going and following that ark of God, that covenant, his word, his plan, his flow. Stay with the flow and the direction of God, not the flow of the world, not your opinions, not your fleshly desires. Don't look at those who were to remain on the opposite side of the river. Don't get bogged down and left behind. You know, there, there, were the, there was the, the two tribes that did not want to go over. Their family stayed on the original side of the river and did not cross over. But the men of war, they had to go over. They had to help their brothers and sisters. You don't want to get on the other side of the river and look back and go, oh, I wish I had stayed there. Now we're going to have to take this city and take that city, and we could have just stayed over there. No, you got to watch your covetousness. you got to watch your pride. you got to follow the flow and the plan of God. Now, like I said, the title of this message was Plan, Prep, Assist, and Produce. Now we come to a time of producing. We've come over the river. We've got the city of Jericho there. You know what? We're supposed to take it. We're supposed to produce something there. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, 13 says, having done all, stand. You've gotten on the other side of the river. You know what? You're going to stick with the plan of God. You're going to stand on his word. You're going to stand on his plan. Wherever we go in God's flow, his plan will produce. It'll produce fruit. We will grow. We will produce fruit. As we follow God's plan, we continually prep for what is ahead. Scriptures tell us we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. That, that, that's not going in a linear level position. That is going up a step and a step and a step. We continually produce and produce and bear fruit. If they went across the river and they did not produce, they just starved to death. They'd have gotten stagnated. They would have been stuck in the mud back there at the Jordan River. We continually assist the entire body. Ephesians chapter four, verse 16 says, every joint working together. You are producing by working with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You are producing, you are bearing fruit when you follow the plan of God and recognize that the person next to you is following the plan of God and you need to be linked up to them. They need to be linked up to you. We continually produce, just as the word says, there's a seed time a harvest. We continually produce and bear fruit when we get pruned. Part of production is being pruned. John 15, one through two. Jesus talked about humility is needed so that we can be pruned. We, we need to step in and allow the Father to prune those things off of us. You know what that does when he prunes those things off of us? It, it, it lightens our load, takes a burden off of us. Isn't Jesus our burden bearer? Let his word prune us so that we can move easily and connect easily with our brothers and sisters to help the flow of God, to help the plan of God produce. True, things come up and sometimes our small little plans need to be changed, whether they were misplaced or misguided or just an unfortunate circumstances of events. We, I realize, and we need to all realize that things are gonna happen and we need to make adjustments, but we need to keep our eye on the prize. We need to follow the plan of God. This is why personal intimate prayer time is so important. We don't want to lose track of the plan of God. This is why studying the word to show ourselves approved is so important. And this is why integrity and commitment are so important. As we go forth, as we do these things, we need to be integrous. We need to be committed, and those that are with us, they can see that, they can duplicate it, they can get pruned as we're getting pruned, and we can mesh together that much easier. Folks, we must be about doing our Father's business, and we must be doing it His way. I just urge you today from this podcast to be involved in your church. And I urge pastors and those that are listening to direct and guide and follow the plan of God so that his kingdom can be greater established on this earth. Thank you for listening today. I hope you're able to get something out of this. I hope you're able to, to garner some adhesion to the flow of God. To stick with where we're we're cutting across this river. Yeah, we're going on dry ground. We don't want to get stuck in the mud. We want to keep going forward. And we just urge you to step forward in the things of God
0: that he has for you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, if we could stand with you in prayer, it would be our honor. Send us an email with your prayer requests at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. We'd love to celebrate with you. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life. Hey, if you'd like to partner with us to keep the podcast out there going into all the nations, you can do so. You can mail in any donation, tax-deductible donation. You, You can mail it to P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas. 72602 or text to give 84321. Follow the prompts or gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you, friends. We're so honored to have you join us on the podcast. Hey, until next time, be blessed.